Place finish for Tony Stewart and this gem, a post-race interview. Sorry we couldn't crash more cars today. We didn't fill the quota for today for uh, Talladega and NASCAR. If we haven't crashed at least 50% of the field by the end of the race, we need to extend the race till we at least crash 50% of the cars because it's it's not fair to these fans for them to not see any more wrecks than that and more tore up cars. I mean, we, we still had over half the cars running at the end and it's, uh, it shouldn't be that way. I don't think any of the wrecks were an overheating issue. That's why I say I don't, I mean, I think we ought to just tape them off solid and run them until they blow up anyway. I think it'd make it a lot more exciting for the fans. If we don't crash half of the field by the end of the race, they, need to, they really need to extend it because, I mean, that's what, that's what the fans want. They want to see that excitement. I'm upset that we didn't crash more cars. I mean, I feel like the, feel like that's what, that's what we need, you know, that's what we're here for. I mean, and I feel bad if I don't spend at least $150,000 and tore up race cars going back to the shop. So uh, we definitely got to do a better job of that. It would have been a lot more fun if I could have got caught up in one more wreck. If I could have done that, it would have been perfect. I mean, I think if we could make it a figure eight, it'd be perfect. It would absolutely be perfect here. It'd be better than what we got. So that's that's going to be my vote next week is that we get it, make it a figure eight and or we can go stop at the halfway, make a break and turn around, go backwards the rest of the way. And then with 10 to go, we'll split the field in half and half of them can go the regular direction and half of them can go backwards. You're now listening to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Welcome to episode 136 of the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast, brought to you by Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Patreon. Get over to patreon.com slash garage guys today. Check out the brand new Garage Fam VIP tier, where you can get DFS rankings, best bets, and occasional blog posts by me and Drew Dean. Uh, NASCAR season is heating up right now, so get over there today, patreon.com slash garage guys. Make it happen, make it hot. It got hot today. It got hot today. Get in there. Yeah, yeah. Get in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Wobble, baby. There was yeah, a lot got, of wobbling. You got a little pep in your step, so I had to, I had to pick my I, game up there. Well, you know, I just got done watching the Oscars. Anytime I watch some Academy Awards, you know, it just gets me so hype. Just get litty. Watching some Academy Awards get passed out, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm never, never going to be this lit again. Um, and, it, it, and I hear you're a NASCAR savant. Yeah, yeah, I'm a NAS, I'm a NASCAR savant. That's what I am. <laughs> I don't know what a savant is. I don't I don't I don't read I don't re, uh, read Merriam Webster's. I don't I don't play that game. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing. Bear with me, sorry. Just bear with me tonight. Yeah, I'll try. Yeah, I know what you meant though. But uh, but yeah, yeah. I'm I, I super super so am a NASCAR savant now. Um. Uh, I think uh, Austin Dillon even recognized it uh, today on Twitter. Um, I think that uh, he we're going to call him Garage Guy Austin from now on. So next week in Daytona, I'm going to go up to him and I'm going to be like, "What's up? It's me. It's uh, it's, it's your new guy. It's your new uh, racetrack savior. I'm going to lead you to the promised land." I'm surprised yeah. we got uh, reactions to those tweets because that was not our finest work. No, it wasn't. That was like definitely like troll timing on your end um, yep. and like but i mean austin didn't see it that way i guess if so. he recognized that as troll then i he's my favorite driver yeah like time. hands down like yeah. hands down I, hopefully he did like i'd like to think that austin dylan is the is the kind of guy that would like see the tweets that someone that that like somebody tagged him in and he goes and checks out their profile first like i like to think that he's that kind of guy if he clicked my name, then he definitely knows it was a troll because then he's going to realize that me and you, if you look a quick sh scroll through our accounts, you can tell that we've been working together. Uh, right, exactly. So I'd like to think he's that kind of guy. I'll find out for sure next week. I am going to be at the Daytona 500 all weekend, super excited and pumped. Um, and so I'm, I'm going to find out. I'm going to ask him, and I'll call you. And then I'll, I'll try to be like, you need to come on the, on the pod to talk about it. So we'll see. We'll see if we can make the connection. I'm gonna hold you accountable. All right, you got it, man. You got it. I'm sure we'll be in talks. But uh, but yeah, we uh, we had our uh, we had the the Bush clash at Daytona on Sunday. 
probably the wildest uh, clash race I've seen in years. There were literally um, what what was there at least at least a good like six wrecks, maybe maybe four to six wrecks. I don't know off the top of my head, but I do know that uh, it ended up being only six drivers ended the race. Yeah, it was wild. I know the first fifty to fifty five laps were pretty clean, right? I think I texted you and said, "Hey, about eight laps away from a wreck." And then once they started, it was contagious. Yeah, it was over. There was there was no hope to it. And uh, my my favorite one was <laughs> when Ryan Newman spun out right before uh, the restart, and like the whole like just like everybody just piled up like right before they even got past like like the checkered line, which was have hilarious. you ever seen that? Never in my life. That's what like was some, up with that? That's some Roval type shit. That's what that reminded me of. Like the restarts at the Roval. That's where that kind of stuff happens. For that to Did happen. The tires not gain traction. Is that what happened? Like he was trying yeah, to. Yeah. He said on the radio that it was, he's like, it was like there was some oil or something out there. It's like, it's like, there's no oil out there, homie. Like you're. Kind of weird from a veteran. Yeah. You're just Ryan Newman and you're, you're driving Roush Fenway. Maybe it was, maybe it was the Roush Fenway cars just trying to like, like act up and be mad because Ricky Stenhouse Jr. took the pole for the Daytona 500. Now that well, he's like with what KGR. you did there. Just yeah, dropping news. See what I did? Just drop some news. That's some wild news that came out aside from the clash wildness that is just over the top. But, yeah, um, we, we saw Ricky Stenhouse Jr. going to be on the pole at Daytona. So that definitely means do not play him in fantasy NASCAR <laughs> uh, next week. Do not do it. Um, and he was followed by Alex Bowman um, in the, the sexy 88 Vaveline car. So Yeah, I'll be fading look. him as well. Yeah, got to do that too. Anybody that's up front, you got to watch out. Unless some wild shit happens like today, which definitely won't. But, like, look at Ryan Newman. Look, look what he did. You know yeah, I mean? He did okay. I mean, but here's the thing. You got to – even with him surviving to the end, he didn't even outscore people that started behind him because of where – Right, because he started. fell back and then yeah. he had to get back up. So, yeah, with the Daytona 500, it's a different animal for sure. So, just, yeah. Those, expect uh, craziness, though. Expect Rex. Oh, it's going to be wild for sure. If and, and going back to the clash today – it, there was a lot of controversy uh, that w that transpired from all the wrecks. I know that one thing that happened that it stirred a lot of uh, a lot of controversy up on NASCAR Twitter, which yes, it is a thing. Uh, a lot of drivers, uh, retired drivers, just NASCAR analysts in general, were on there talking about how the format of the race and how the all the wrecks weren't a good product. And then you had a lot of people saying, oh, what, what the fuck are you talking about? This was amazing. This was great. Then you had other people sitting there saying, no, this is horrible. This is not what our sport should be. Brad Keselowski, when he got wrecked, I think Logano was trying to block Kyle Busch. Kyle got loose, went into Logano. Logano went into Brad Keselowski. Keselowski gets out. He's already pissed, and he's been mad because his car got fucked for the Daytona 500 because he hit a fence coming out of the garage area during practice. So they've been working up and down his car to get it ready for the race. But uh, he was mad because he was just like, you know, it, it shouldn't happen. Um, he's frustrated, and he was basically talking about Joey Logano. The dude literally made a comment uh, that was like, you know, maybe we should make these cars less safe. Maybe we, we shouldn't wear helmets or something, and then these problems would just take care of themselves. Mm, not the best look. No, especially when it's your own teammate. But, I mean, I know a lot of people get frustrated with Joey Logano. I try to em embrace Joey Logano for who he is. He, I, I, he's, never, he's never been like a dick. He's always been a pretty nice guy to me. Um, when I've talked to him at the track at Talladega and, and done videos with him, you know, but, but as a racer – I mean, everybody just looks at him as like this in, incompetent guy, but it's like he, he won a championship. So it's like you got to at least – it's like he, I've never seen more of a discredited NASCAR champion than Joey Logano, I feel like. Yeah, with, with me, it just seems like he goes through cycles where he kind of disappears or people – not disappears, but he gets off the, the bad guy list for a little while, and then he always resurfaces every now and then. So 
we're going through a phase here where you're just going to be the bad guy, I guess. I'm not sure. But Kyle Busch is always the ultimate bad guy. Right, dude. But see, th- this is what I appreciate about it. So th- there's two there, – I found out today that there are two types of fans uh, and two types of people in NASCAR. They're the people that take NASCAR and treat it as if it is like um, Formula One racing, IndyCar race, like it's just this, this top, uh, top of the line, just like – over the top, like serious, hardcore sport. And don't get me wrong, like it is a competition, you know, hands down. But you also got to relax and have a little bit of fun every now and then. And there, there's definitely the, the fans that love the action and the drama and, you know, the, the wrecks and the carnage of what the Bush clash is supposed to be. And, and I like to think that I'm one of those types of people. You know, I love everything that's going around the sport as far as, as far as, you know, the party lifestyle and the, uh, the wildness of it. So it's like, I feel like you, you can't have it both ways. You know what I mean? And like, I feel like NASCAR has done a really good job at branding itself behind that more laid back, you know, fun racing and still yet competitive and the fighting and all that kind of stuff. Like that's, that's what I love. And that's what fueled me about the sport. But when you're getting mad because you're getting wrecked at a race that you're not even racing for points for, and you have a shitload of backup cars because it is a super speedway, what's the point of that? Like, it, it, it's like it's either it's either a bad attempt at showmanship trying to start drama early, uh, and around like stupid reasons, or especially not around your team. Like, if you would have been pissed at like Kyle Busch or something like that, then I, I'd have been there for it. But you know. It's, it, it's the clash, man. It, it's supposed to be this way. Dale Earnhardt did. Uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. made a uh, a comment about how it needs to be twenty laps. And how are you feeling about t- a twenty lap race? Like, would you would you watch a twenty lap race, Drew? No, I mean I think he's going a little too extreme there. I don't mind it being shortened, and I kind of get his reasoning. But to your former point about the the people that were angry and all that stuff, I do want to say the the worst fan or the worst person out there that's complaining about single file racing and then immediately complaining about crashing that's the worst right yeah you can't have it both ways like you said it's just you got to decide what you're here for and to me it's better when there's drama and there's better when there's chaos and super speedways you got to treat them like their own animal and not categorize it with the rest of these races i understand that that people want it to be a um i guess professional sport but these super speedways, like I think Kevin Harvick said it best, right? He did, man. He's dude. He's like, it's the clash. I've got five cars back in the truck. We're cooling. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, <laughs> like I, I love Kevin Harvick. I, I respect the shit out of him for that. But um, you know, and 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 I and I like Brad. I do. I like Brad Keselowski. I think that he's a stand-up guy. But when you make a comment about making cars less safe. Uh, you know, and even I, I understand you're mad and you're frustrated in those moments, but I mean, like that's that's some really like extreme comments to make, especially towards a, a teammate, and to have that type of uh, energy, you know, I guess you would say like you know, it's like having a bad teammate inside the locker room. It's not good for the team. So um, I think that that he needs to cool his jets a little bit and take a step back and realize, like, hey, this is Daytona. This is the clash. This is a preseason race. There's a whole big season left to come. Uh, it's going to be okay. Yeah, maybe it is a little showmanship. And then if that's the case, okay. But a yeah. little early, a little early, but. A little early, hey. and, and you got you to gotta have a little bit of warning sign. It's kind of like, it's like, here's showmanship, like how we open the show with, with Tony Stewart and what he had to say back <laughs> in Talladega back in the day. That, that's that's your, your sarcastic asshole showmanship. That's how you do that. You don't do that coming out like with this, this fury in your eyes, looking frustrated, especially after you've already had some bad luck, um, you know, in the, in the previous days. It makes it look like you really are being very serious. And, and that's just not a good look to me. Yeah, I agree. And another point, and we kind of hit on this already, but what do people expect that are saying this was like a bad look for the sport? Because at the end of the day, I, this is what I wrote on the Patreon page. The most important thing to note is the clash is a cash prize, is a cash prize based race without any playoff point implications. With this in mind, expect plenty of aggressive driving as essentially no one has anything to lose. Right. It's like, this- what do people expect? People expect for, for those people that make comments like that are expecting 
people that are in France and Europe and stuff to watch this and be like, Oh, this is a very great, this is a very great sport. This is, this is, this is a good, good competitive professional race. And it's like, that's not what this is. This is literally a sport built off of dudes that were running from the fucking cops with moonshine in their car. Like, this is everything that, that people say that it's about. Like, everything that Talladega Nights did. The people that are like the, the pro-professional racing uh, sport seriousness, John Gerard type shit. Like, they're the ones that hate Talladega Nights. And then you got the laid-back, fun-loving people that actually buy tickets to fucking races and spend their hard-earned money to go enjoy themselves at a weekend. They love every minute of that, the action, the thrill of it. You know, the, these guys got the money to get these cars built. They got that, okay? I understand you, you might want to save money, but it's like you're out there racing for money. I get it. You're not getting playoff points. It's good. Be be the fan the sport needs. And the fan that this sports needs is the ones that are just fun, loving, high energy, love the action, love the drama, love the party. That's what NASCAR needs. I feel like Barstool's doing a good job right now. Uh, Dave Portnoy is doing a lot coming into the sport. Penn National Gaming just got that sponsorship. Everybody knows now that Barstool and Penn National Gaming are going hand in hand. They have an interest in Barstool. And you look at all the, the people from Barstool, and it, it, they're bringing in Barstool fans to NASCAR. You go look at some of these tweets that Portnoy put out. I think, I think he put out one with, like, Haley Deegan earlier in the week. And you go look at the flood of comments from all the people that follow Barstool's comments. They're saying, like, I, I've never been in a NASCAR, but I love it now. Like, it's, that's, that's where this is funneling. This is this new generation of the sport. And quite frankly, it's not really a new generation of people that have been around for a while because this sport – has been this way. You go to Talladega, you see that very quickly. That's like the number one race, according according to people that work in the NASCAR Hall of Fame, higher ups, executives in this sport. They'll tell you Talladega is the number one race all year long. It's it's the most profitable race. It's their biggest race. That kind of culture needs to be implemented across the entire sport, and this sport will fucking do everything that it needs to do to become what everybody inside of NASCAR want it to become. Drop all this F1 IndyCar shit and take it for what it is and build off of it. And that's my thoughts. That's, that's my passionate boy thoughts about NASCAR. You fired up about that, Chase? I'm fired up. I'm pumped. I am. <laughs> like, shit, man. Pe- people have got to realize at some point that, like, this is all it takes. This is all it needs. This is all this, – this is the ingredient. Like, and it's just that juggling of back and forth of, of – professional seriousness and you can still be, have a serious competitive sport because what happens around the sport is not what has to happen with those drivers on, out on that track. They're still going to compete. It's still a very serious thing, but everything that's happening around it on the outside with everybody else, like it just, you know, just fucking be there for that. And I'm telling you these drivers, there's already drivers that feed into it. Look at, look at Stenhouse's mullet, bro. Look at Ryan Blaney walking around with the stash. You know what I mean? Like, like the culture's there. Like, just fucking embrace it. It is what it is. Love it for what it is. And it's going to be fine. And, and I don't think that it's going to be a problem going forward. But these, these fucking tightwad motherfuckers, they got to go. There's two super speedway races a year. Everything else is pretty consistent. So just chill the I fuck agree. out. That's I agree it. with that. You got to embrace super speedways for what they are. You just got to embrace it. Move on. You do. You do. But big congrats to Eric Jones. He ended up winning, which was crazy. His car, they, uh, NAS, NASCAR chasm, um, is an account from NBC and NASCAR makes a lot of memes and does a lot of jokes. And he had a tweet that he put out today where he, he put, uh, the, the Eric Jones, uh, Bush clash diecast car available now or something and it was like a wadded up piece of paper and i thought it was hilarious because the car (laughs) was completely trashed um and he won so uh, it's cool for eric jones uh to win that and then you know looking into our uh our our dfs rankings and best bets that we had out um over on our our patreon page is patreon.com slash garage guys if you're a, a member of the tier you got to see what we did so 
Um, you know, obviously, I think Joey Logano was the favorite for a while. He ended up moving down on some sports books. I think his odds were at like plus 1,000. Hamlin was pretty much the guy that everybody thought was going to be able to close out after practices. and He was at plus 850. And um, those were two guys that I had for my, my best bet picks. Me and, too. Um, and then I also had um, Martin Truex Jr. I threw him in just because I figured if he could get up to – if him being in third, all the crazy stuff that, that happened last year with him at the short tracks, why not super speedways? Because super speedways weren't good to, aren't good to him. Like short tracks weren't good to him for so long. So it's like he overcame that. So maybe he could overcome this. And him being in third, having one of the faster cars, I thought that, you know, and he did. He led some laps. He got up there and did his thing. But he had some debris that hit the front of his car. If it wouldn't have been for that debris – I think that we would have seen Truex lead a lot more laps and, and potentially uh, could have taken the victory today. So that debris screwed everything up there. But that was another one of the picks that I had. But uh, your rankings did did pretty damn good, Drew. Yeah, so we had similar to you on the best bets. I had Hamlin and Lagana as my favorites. I also listed two two of the the best odds or the long, two of the longest shot odds listed. And I had two of the six remaining drivers. So I thought we were going to start this year out with the bang. Uh, I had Austin Dillon and Ryan Newman. And my two favorites were Joey Logano and Denny Hamlin. So I like when me and you were kind of on the same page and maybe that'll pay off for us next week. Um, rankings wise. Yeah, it was, it was great. Um, I started it off with Denny Hamlin up top, which Matt, which kind of max match my best bet there. And then I had Kurt Busch, Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney, Austin Dillon, Jimmy Johnson, Eric Jones, Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick. I just listed that in my area of interest. It was ranked in my um, ownership percentages, I guess. But overall, it was a good week. It's just most of the most lineups this week were wiped out with uh, crashes. So it just basically ended up being um, who did you have and how long do they last in the race? That's it. Yeah. And I mean, it was just, this was something I don't think a lot of people saw coming. We knew we were going to at least have, you know, maybe one to two wrecks, but not this many wrecks. So that definitely threw everything off for a loop. And, and, you know, for good reason. I mean, it's, Hey, it's the first race. Everybody's eager and excited to get some bets in and do some DFS. So, you know, we were profitable in some DFS lineups, best bets, going to get back on the horse for the 500. And going back to what you said about us being on the same page, I think that we're going to have uh, a lot more of that this season. I mean, we, we tend to always disagree a little bit here and there. I think William Byron was one of the ones, because in uh, my Rotoballer article I wrote about William Byron, um, and things change, you know, after practice. I write those articles before practice and, uh, and before uh, – usually before qualifying. So a lot can change during then. That's why it's super important to get over here to our Patreon page, check out what we're talking about, check out Drew's rankings, check out my final assessments right before race day. Um, so, you know, it's where you need to be at. So uh, there's so much that can differ, but we'll probably have a couple that are going to be different. But I think that sure. we, we pretty much understand our, uh, our, our, the way that we, we play now. And I think that that's going to work hand in hand this season. I'm ready to win some people some money and some money for myself. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, and the DFS real quick on the DFS strategy, it was perfectly in play today, and we'll do it again on Daytona. The The strategy is you play people starting the back, and when these races, uh, when these crashes take place, then all these drivers move up by default. So, you you know, it almost pays off that you don't have these guys driving aggressively in the front because you know that Denny Hamlin's going to be up there, Joey Logano. They're going to be trying to get places, and sometimes it's better to have those guys only on super speedways it's the perfect race to leave that salary on the table, which I know you're a big fan of. Yeah, big time. And, and we'll reiterate strategy and, you know, and the effective ways to do that too um, on uh, one of next week's episodes before you set your lineups. And again, you we're always available. Find us on Twitter. Find me at garage guy, chase Drew's at drew Dean, you know, feel free to shoot us DMS, talk to us. We, we're more than happy to help people uh, that are eager to want to play fantasy nascar this season we, we want to help build that sport up and build the the fantasy side of it up as well so gonna be fun to do but yeah um it's just a, a fun clash the crash at daytona definitely the crash the crash at daytona what a day another uh sporting event that is back been a been a very long time since it's been back highly successful over the weekend and is going to be a ratings competitor with NASCAR, and that is the XFL. People are already falling in love, 
Uh, if you haven't yet, you can check out the Other League podcast that is uh, hosted by Captain XFL, a.k.a. Danny Boy. Um, I'm co-hosting that show with him. It's a one-day-a-week show where we talk a little about the XFL, so you can uh, get a lot more in-depth XFL stuff over there by listening to that. So be sure to subscribe, leave a review. Um, but I, I figure we, we couldn't go without talking about it at least a little bit uh, for Garage Guys. I know that me and you both played some DFS this week. There are actually people making full-time fantasy leagues for the XFL, which I think is absurd. We know well, nothing about these players. I, I agree. The, the contest size on DraftKings were enormous, and they were filling. It blew my mind. Right. Yeah, that's just a bunch of people just blindlessly throwing money, not knowing. Like, like with, with us setting our lineups, like, you know, especially having, you know, some sources and things like that, I figured that we were going we to be able to really get in and shake some things up. But nobody expected half this shit to happen. Even Vegas got it wrong with the XFL this weekend. Yeah, they got some of the – I think the first batch of games, they were right on the number, on the over-under and the spread. But then the other games, they just completely were off. So, I don't know, man. To me, it's just like I'm watching it, and it's not even like I'm watching football. I'm watching it for like an entertainment, kind of like what you say, the culture for NASCAR, the culture of the XFL. When I saw them run up to a guy after he scored and he's like dropping the F-bomb, that was yeah. really cool to me just to see something just random like that. And that was the first XFL game on Saturday. So, like, right out the gate, like, the XFL was just going hard. And, and it goes back, if, you were, you know, if, if you're old enough to remember in 2000 um, when the XFL first dropped, you know, it was basically modeled after wrestling. It was WWE-style stuff. So, they had a lot of camera guys going into the locker rooms. They were, you know, it was some scripted-type shit and – they're, so they're bringing that back a little bit, but it's more of a professional way now. It's a little yeah, bit more it's definitely football. Mm-hmm. It's definitely football for sure. I love – the things I love about the culture of it, for one, Saturday I, I watched a good bit of the uh, – I think it was the, the defenders playing the Seattle Dragons. And the D.C. defenders, they came out, and you, I realized that you could – like I thought I was just hearing maybe a commentator at first – you literally hear the coach calling the play. That was the first thing I noticed yeah. about it. It's so, wild. And you can hear the referee all the time, too. Yeah, you can literally hear everything. Like you can hear the players talking. Like They keep – everything's, like, hot-miked. So that's one thing that's really cool, a really cool takeaway about it. Like you mentioned, the on-the-field interviews during the game. That is some next-level shit. Like, and I would hope that the NFL would adopt that at some point because that would be something that would drive NFL ratings through the roof. Um, if in the X, it wouldn't be the first time something like that happened either, because in 2000, um, the XFL was actually the first league to use the sky cam because they realized that a lot of kids were playing these video games for football and the view of it, they wanted to mirror the video game style view of football so the sky cam originated with the xfl the nfl adapted it after the league collapsed so maybe we'll see the nfl pick up a little bit on what the xfl is doing to help make their brand and product better but you got to think the biggest brand and product management that they could use at this point is basically just not having roger goodell and having somebody like vince mcmahon definitely yeah i'm a huge vince mcmahon fan i don't i don't know why i just like his energy and anybody's better than Roger Goodell for me. So I hope Vince McMahon can keep this momentum going. I saw somebody tweet, might have been Captain X XFL, so shout out Danny, that the um, viewership was about 3.3 million, which is about 400,000 more than the AAF. So it did a little bit better than the AAF's first weekend. Yeah, I want to say that that's uh, XFL insider Connor Falk. He is actually going to be a guest on the Other League podcast coming up this week on, uh, on Thursday. So we'll be talking with him a little bit and, uh, and he'll be kind of be discussing some things and some takeaways and, and stuff like that. So he's, uh, he's got a lot of knowledge and, and he's, uh, he's looking to make his way, you know, really big in this season as a, as a, you know, really big insider for the sport. But uh, today on Sunday though, like, a lot of, a lot crazier things I feel like transpired just the, the energy brought over from Saturday. Gotta love seeing Pat McAfee wearing a bolo tie interviewing football players on Sunday. That was yeah. epic. 
Emma, can we talk about Marquette King or Marquette? Yes. Got to talk about him. So that's one of my favorite punters actually of all time. Agreed. Um, I used to tell people all the time, if I could draft a punter in fantasy football, I would pick him every time. No exceptions. After he did the pony celebration, when he played for Oakland, uh, I was, I was sold. I was hooked on this guy. So we, we typically bashed for the past three episodes on the other league podcast, we've bashed the St. Louis battle Hawks. We've, we've dubbed them the nerd birds and, and, you know, we, we were, we're Viper fans. Me and Danny pretty much picked the Vipers to be our team. The Vipers had a horrible outing against the New York guardians. Um, but the, the battle Hawks are actually pretty damn good. They beat the renegades today, which was a team with how mummies, um, you know, uh, air raid offense that he has and everybody thought that the renegades were going to be able to, to beat this team no problem battle hawks did the damn thing they came out strong they have Mar they have uh, marquette king and he kicked a punt so good literally dropped it at the one and then his own special team player <laughs> dives on the ball to go into the end zone so that they get the touchback which i thought was just that that is the xfl <laughs> yes yes that shows you the quality of play and that guy might lose his job yeah, big time. So if, you know, but that's the thing. It kind of goes back to what I was saying about NASCAR. You got to remember, this isn't the NFL. And this needs to be its own thing. You know, and, and if people can, that, that's going to be the biggest hurdle that they have to get over as a league is that so many people are watching this, comparing it to the NFL. This is the XFL. This is not the NFL. Get the NFL out of your head when you're watching this. And I'm telling you, you'll enjoy it a lot more when you're watching the game. Yeah, but as a fan, you can want the play to be good. So I see the other side of it too. I just want to put put that out there. Like you want there to be like a quarterback to be able to complete a ten yard pass and not just throw it into the stands. Okay, I see where you're coming from. If if you're if you're somebody that hasn't like picked a favorite team yet or something, and you're just kind of like watching it, then then that's where my take comes from. Okay, yeah, you know. But if you're somebody that's already picked a team, you're diehard dedicated, whatever. That that'd be like the same thing of me saying how I'm diehard dedicated to the Saints. You want your team to do well. And that goes for any sport. So I see, I see where you're coming from as well, too. Yeah, I just want the like the quality of play to be tolerable, so that you can enjoy the other stuff that comes right. with it. Is what I'm trying to say. And I'm fully on board the uh, St. Louis bandwagon. So that's my team now. I'm picking it up. All right. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I personally, I'm not one to go back on my word. I will continue being a Tampa Bay Vipers team, even though it looks like they are the worst XFL team in the league right now. So very just one fitting. Week. Yeah, Absolutely. it's just it's just week one, but very fitting for me to uh, to adopt what is known as right now the underdog of the XFL. So it goes hand in hand with with Chase and underdogs. That streak continues. Um, but Wasn't St. Louis's like over under the one the worst? So I'm I'm hoping I'm still picking one of the teams that was predicted to be an underdog. Yeah, yeah. St. Louis was the underdog in this matchup. They were not supposed to win this game, but okay. um, but I think that everybody fell in love with the Battle Hawks <laughs> after what they did in the locker room that was out on Twitter. Yeah, so that was Nick Fitzgerald for Mississippi State, who was their former quarterback, and then and then also another another QB, I can't remember his name. And um, he was doing the Stone Cold Steve Austin and drinking two beers at once while Nick Fitzgerald was grabbing a beer and smashing it against his head. And yeah. it was all documented. So the XFL is just like giving us this full look at the locker room, which is really cool. It's beautiful, man. Like we, when I saw the Stone Cold Steve Austin, I saw the video. I didn't really get to watch much. I was doing a lot of, uh, I was doing a lot of like looking into some NASCAR stuff after today. I, I, I tuned into a little bit of it. I got to watch some of the Pat McAfee stuff. But, um, but yeah, when, when I saw that, like the Bud Light Seltzer and them being in St. Louis, St. Louis is just pumped to have a team again, honestly. Right. Um, you know, so so you got to give them credit there. So I played in to this whole thing on the uh, on the other league podcast. I really have no idea about any of these XFL teams, and I, I'm not afraid to say that um, I had no idea about any of them going in. Uh, Danny was the one that had you know all the information, knew all about this. He's been been studying this shit for months so I was just kind of going off of his word but yeah I'm with you like there's not really not one team I don't like but I've came out and called them the nerd birds publicly so I'm not gonna I'm gonna go ahead and like just like not be a hater because when whenever people do stuff like that especially on a team in a locker room I can't hate on that because like that that's my kind of people 
You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. that's, that's my kind of party. I can't, I can't hate on you. The, the nerd birds thing is done. I'll be sure to mention that on the show next week when we talk about it. So that's dead. But uh, yeah, just the league, they, they've got it right from an entertainment standpoint. And, and I, I can, I fully expect with, you know, with them having the three years that they have uh, of funding, the quality of play will, will improve. And, with, with the sales that they're doing, the numbers they're doing, we could even see some salary increases and we, we could truly see this thing build to be a true, a true, uh, you know, farm system or uh, possibly a rival to a league like the NFL. It would take a long time, but it's, you know, if the money's rolling in right and they're, they're getting sales and everything else like the NFL does, I mean, it's a smaller market and you get more money flowing in shit, man. You, you can do a lot with that. Yeah, I'm excited. I think with Vince McMahon at the helm, it, it's just going to be a lot better than the AAF. And then we'll see if it becomes like a minor league or if it becomes a competitor. But those seem like the only two natural transitions. So excited about XFL. And for those of you that want to watch football year-round, you just kind of got your wish. So you get more more football. You get it for sure. And um, and also we're, uh, we're looking into to possibly having uh, Danny contribute a little bit uh, with XFL for some picks and things like that as the season progresses. So that'll be another thing um, that we may be adding to the Patreon page. We're working out some logistics on that. So we will definitely make an announcement if we're hundred percent in on it. And if you want it, the best thing to do is tweet at us um, and tweet at captain XFL and tell him like, where the fuck are your picks on the Patreon page? We need them right now. And that'll be extra encouragement. So possibilities uh possibilities are endless with spring football nascar and everything else that we've got going on we're in that weird time of sports but it's becoming a uh, an exciting time in sports it's becoming a not weird time in sports because right now the only thing that i would be doing is just literally and i mean i basically am doing it um i give 100 percent of my time to nascar i'm you know on a sunday i'll catch some highlights of some of these xfl games but, you know, you bet your ass on a Saturday I'm going to be watching some XFL. Uh, so that's, uh, that's almost a guarantee. But uh, definitely got to, got to keep NASCAR the top priority going through the season now that we're rolling back up. So it's uh, just, just glad that, that there's, uh, there, there's something else on other than baseball. We'll put it that way. Man, I'm losing track with – you're not a big basketball fan, so – you don't have to do that. But. I've become a basketball fan through the my my recent endeavors in gambling. Yeah, that's true. But the only time I watch basketball is if I have money on a game or if it's the Pelicans because I'll just watch that's the Pelicans true. to watch them. Because with, with you know I don't really do fantasy basketball and the the uh, the Pelicans have always been something. I'll go to a game and watch a game just to root for the team. So basketball and baseball is such a grind. There's just so many games. It's just hard to. You know, we're able to, to hone in on Sundays because it's just one race, right? I mean, you got your other – you got practice. You have well, the Xfinity Series. But. There's a lot that goes on during the week. I mean, me personally, you know, I'm, I'm keeping up with, uh, with, with pretty much everything that's happening in the – I'm talking about from a slate perspective, like playing a slate every night. You're not having to do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. And they, that's where, you know, people I, – I have mad respect for people that play fantasy baseball and fantasy basketball, and they, and they do it for more than what it is. I mean, I've done both. Um, I played fantasy baseball throughout one entire season, and I will never do it again. It's a grind. That's all. Yeah. I can say. it's just like a grind. Like every single day, you're you're taking people in your like out of your lineup, putting others in, checking out who's injured, checking out who's on free agency. It's just it's too much. It's a full time job. Yeah, it, yep. it really is a full time job. Howard Bender said it best. Um, there's a lot of people that think that they're fantasy players, but you don't know fantasy truthfully for what it really is until you have competed seriously in fantasy baseball. And I will say that he is right. Like it almost took the fun out of fantasy for me. It was, it was rough. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you, I feel like if you don't like baseball, fantasy baseball is nearly impossible. Yeah. Like I, I love playing baseball. I love, you know, hanging out with some people on the weekends and playing some softball, I just can't watch it and I can't get into it like that as far as, and I've, I've been that way my whole life. Like I've never been able to, to just sit and watch a game unless I'm at a game. If I go, if I'm, you know, present at an actual game, I, I'm, I'm in 100%. I love it. But if I can't just sit down on a Sunday and watch baseball, like I can watch a NASCAR race or I can watch a football game. It just, I can't do it. 
I'm with you 100%. I can't do baseball. Since, since we're already like going like all over the place and everything else, it, it's, it's fine time for us to, to reintroduce and, and roll back into uh, to garage talk. We haven't, we haven't had a, a true garage talk in quite a while. It's kind of a spring thing when NFL season's over. There's a lot, a lot of other stuff going on, but it's, it's been a minute. We're here. We're back. There, there's, there's some topics that we have that we can discuss and we can, we can, uh, we can talk a little bit about. For one, I know the, uh, the Oscars went down. We'll talk a little bit about that. Eminem, shout out. Shout out to Eminem. A lot of crazy things that happened there. And um, we, we talked a little bit earlier over the phone about Eastbound and Down, which is like one of the, the GOAT shows of all time. So you got, we got to talk a little bit about that. And I'm excited. Is it, is it bad that I'm kind of excited to be moving away from some of the football and into some of this stuff just to get away from the same conversations and the same – I'm just looking forward to it. I'm excited. It's – it's, a, it's about as bad as, like, when, whenever you manipulated your grandmother into buying you candy at a store. You know what I mean? It's like you still got what you wanted, but you knew it was a little bit wrong. So, we'll, we'll leave it at there. We'll leave it at that. Because so, I'm excited for it, too. Because you guys know I like to rant like a motherfucker. And I go all over the place and I squirrel a lot. So, it's very fitting for me. Which is this why is wide open, right? We're wide open. Yeah, it's just wide open. Just run it. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let, let's let's dive right in. Before before we dive in, I do have to say this. Um, I'm I'm entitled to my uh to my my precursor for the uh for the first garage uh, talk of 2020. Uh, I've been slacking lately, Drew. I've been I've been a slack boy. You've been a slack boy too. Uh, we've been slacking. Uh, all you garage fam out there, you've been slacking. Okay. Rate, review, and subscribe. It's time uh, for you to go and start telling people again to rate, review, and subscribe the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. It's 2020. It's a new year. Um, and the reason I know you've been slacking is because I forgot to tell you guys about it for a lot of episodes. So if I forgot, that means you definitely forgot. So take a second out of your day today. Turn to somebody. And be like, hey, have you heard of the Garage Guys Fancy Sports Podcast? If they say, yeah, great job. Did you review it yet? They say, yeah, great job. Go on about your day. That's simple. If they say no, then make that shit happen. Or make them subscribe. Make them rate. Make them review. If you're listening to this and you haven't rated, reviewed, and subscribed yet, then you better do that like right now. Or what are we going to do to them? What's their punishment if they don't, Drew? You put me on the spot. I'm not sure. We can't ban them from our podcast because then we are actually hurting ourselves. So Right. We're going to make you unsubscribe for like a day and think about your actions. And then you can come back by resubscribing. That's what we're going to do. Or you have to listen to the clock on repeat just over yeah. and over again. Yeah. Spe- yeah. Speaking, speaking of the clock, the clock actually uh, – the clock got famous – on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio the other night. Um, I was on at like 9.30 Central Time, and the clock went off, and, uh, and I felt like the biggest pussy of all time You're because surprised. I kept going about what I was talking about, and I didn't show the clock any love or respect uh, like we do on this podcast. Do so, you sense any bad karma coming your way? Um, I mean, I've been okay. I think because I'm aware of it, that that and the, the clock knows that that I'm aware, like because like I'm looking at the clock right now, and it looks it looks pissed and a little mad, but like I'm aware that I did it wrong. The first so step is acknowledging it, right? The first step is acknowledging that there's a problem. Um, so that was the problem is that it it went off and like I, I I feel bad for the clock because I'm like shit. How did the clock feel in that moment? You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, it's like you, you have to think about these things. So The clock expects more from you, more from us. Yeah, I'm sorry, clock. I'm looking at it right now, actually. I'm sorry, and this is my promise. The next time I'm on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio uh, talking NASCAR, I, and, and I'm here where the clock is, I'm going to make sure that I stop whatever the fuck I'm talking about and I'm going to say shout out to the clock. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have the balls to do that and the respect for the clock. So, you say it and then you just like – you don't even act like anything happened. You just say shout out to the clock and you keep your sentence going and right. everyone's going to be so confused. 
Yeah, I have to do it. And and that that kind of bleeds into what we were talking about with Eastbound and Down too, about how I used to tell people like like our rooms of ten plus people, I would just like leave. I'd say, I'm going to Shabooms. <laughs> and nobody fucking knew what I was talking about. And that's how I knew I was in a room full of losers because they have never watched Eastbound and Down. So the, the Kenny I forgot Powers, how good it was. Yeah. I'm the, just crack it up. <laughs> the Kenny the Kenny Powers energy lives inside of you once you watch that entire uh, series. So I definitely can't wait to discuss some of your favorite parts of rewatching it, but um, do you want to say real quick, just quick notes, quick hits on the Oscars? Cause I know that you didn't watch a lot of it. So uh, you definitely, you mentioned Eminem. There's a lot of confusion in the air. Um, Eminem has a beard. I'm not a big fan of that. Uh, I don't really understand it. And he confused this lady in a pink dress. The meme is everywhere by now. Billy Ellish was looking confused. Uh, she's like the chick that was singing. Wasn't there a dude that fell asleep? Um, I don't know. I, I, I can't. I can't say that. Okay. Un- unless you know. Unless unless you saw it with your own just, two eyes. Just keep talking. Okay. So yeah, Eminem lost himself. Uh, maybe he can find himself again. There was one chick though that looked like she got the Holy Ghost um, at a Pentecostal church when that song was going off. So I captured that on video, and it is on Twitter. I think it's either on my Twitter account or on the garage guys account. So you can find that there. Um, Parasite. I have had no idea what this movie was until tonight. Won four Oscars. It's a South Korean movie. And I looked up the plot on Wikipedia. Apparently it's about some poor family that starts hanging out with a rich family. And then they find this guy in, in the basement that's been hiding for four years from loan sharks in his underwear. So that's the kind of movies that are winning Oscars now. Um, best picture of the year. So that's, uh, that's cool. You, is it going to make you go watch it? Oh yeah, for sure. Like I feel like whenever a movie like this comes out, like I've never been like one that's been super big into like, uh, I guess you would say, uh, what, what, what would you call it? Just what, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, not an independent film, but, like a, a film abroad or something, a foreign, a foreign film. There we go. Film. See, not, not a big foreign film guy. Um, but I feel like, <laughs> I feel like you're not, you don't like the foreigners, huh? Yeah, no, no, it's not. It's not that I don't like the foreign guy. It's just uh, that, like, I hate subtitles. I hate subtitles. That just make you into a racist. My bad. I'm sorry. You just made me a movie racist. <laughs> I'm, I'm now a movie racist because of you and what you said. So yeah. Um, so now I got to fix that. I got to, uh, I got to call my PR guy now. So, uh, will you be my PR guy? The clock will. The clock's my PR guy. So, yeah, all right. And, and, and by that, I mean very quiet, except for about 12 times throughout the day. So that's the kind of PR work we have. Perfect. All right. So, so that the clock will fix that, that problem there. No more, no more, uh, no more foreign, uh, foreign film racist, uh, garage guy chase here. But, uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of subtitles. So every time I've ever tried to watch a foreign film, like I'll get like maybe like 30 minutes into it. And I'm like, I can't do this. Like, I, I don't want to read right now. Like I'd rather just get a book, but yeah, I don't you, like on the other hand, like you, you, I think you watch a lot of movies with subtitles. So here's the clear difference. I was about to get into this for, I was not a subtitles person until about four or five years ago. And now I'm very much support subtitles, but not for something where you have to have them on to understand if that makes sense. Like if I'm reading the subtitles to, for, to, cause of language barriers, that's different than just having them on for another, for another movie. You see what I'm saying? Right. Cause that's my thing is like you focus, you don't even really watch the movie cause you're so fucking focused on reading the words. Like, like <laughs> I would rather, I would rather like, like take the time. Like this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take like the next like month and try to learn South Korean so that I can watch this movie. Yeah, good luck on that. All right, so I'll, I'll keep you guys posted. Keep me in check, too. Keep me in check, everybody. I'm just not going to watch this movie. I'm kind of pissed this movie won. Sorry if that makes me a bad guy, but... You're, me, now you're a foreigner, you're a foreign, foreigner film racist now. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it because, to me, when I turn on the Oscars and I'm seeing the same person go up there and accept five awards... I've never seen the movie. Didn't know it was a movie. It just doesn't seem like I. I, you know, I feel like I represent a pretty average viewer of the Oscars. 
I, I feel like you're right in that, that, that aspect. Like, I feel like nobody like has seen this movie, maybe like nine, maybe like, like 90% of, of Americans probably have not seen this movie. Like yeah. I, I had no idea what it was. Um, I guess the Oscars isn't about that though. It's about recognizing the, the great work. Right. So I don't know if I'm, yeah, that, that's, that's what, it, that's what it all boils down to. So obviously this was a great film and now it will most definitely be watched by a lot of people um, worldwide. So, um, and apparently it's won a shitload of awards before too. So it's yeah. definitely gotta be a good movie. I, I'm, I've got to check it out at this point. Like, I've got to watch it. I got to see you, what the hype is. Do you want to name some of the other nominees real quick, just for everyone listening? Yeah. Uh, 1907, 1917, um, the Joker, um, you had once upon a time in Hollywood, which was my favorite. I'm a big Quentin Tarantino fan. And I thought that that should have won it. Um, I spent almost three hours of my time watching that movie. I enjoyed it. Um, I know that we talked while the Oscars were on and you were saying that a lot of people were saying it was overrated, which I think that those people just don't have patience. Like if you, if you enjoy a good Tarantino film, like if you're a true Tarantino fan, like you'll sit and fucking take the time to watch a movie. Like I haven't seen it yet. So I'm looking forward to watching that one. Yeah. It's, it, it starts off slow. It does, and I mean that's it is what it is. But once you get to around like a little bit over an hour into that movie, like it takes off. So you've you've got to just follow it. it. Yeah, stick with it. Uh, slow and steady wins the race. But uh, Joaquin Phoenix, he won Best Actor. Had a uh, had a, a speech. I thought it was about to go in one direction. It went in a completely different direction. It was more about just you know um, the human nature. And so woke woke Joaquin is here. I like and, that. Yeah, woke Joaquin, um, big fan of that. Um, and so he had some really amazing, awesome things to say just about uh, us as a society and things that we should be doing. So love that. And then, uh, yeah, Billie Eilish dyed her hair green, and she has memes now. And, uh, and yeah, so there were, there were musicians at the Oscars that have never been in movies except for Eminem because he's been in a movie because he was in his own movie. So he was okay to be there. He's allowed. He's got special rights. Right. He was in a He was an actor. He played himself. Um, <laughs> so yeah. All right. So that, that was, that, that was the garage guys recap of the Oscars. Let's talk about what matters. Eastbound and down. You're rewatching <laughs> it. I'm excited that you're rewatching this. So I'm a huge Kenny powers fan. Um, I, you found that out today for some reason we have been going, we we've, we've known each other since April of 2019 speaking of april 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 <laughs> no, dude april dude when, when, the, when those titties came out on the last episode of the first season like i that i was just like been waiting for this right here do we time. know if that was a body double if those were or if those were hers i never looked into it 100 percent. i always just choose to believe that is her real titties okay yeah that's actually paula dean's uh uh daughter-in-law really yes that is paula dean's daughter-in-law that plays April. Paula Dean. Drew Dean? Yeah, maybe, maybe that's, you know, your, your aunt or something that cooks a lot. <laughs> I mean, you're, you are from the South. <laughs> that's true. How amazing. It would be so amazing if, if we just fucking like, hey, uh, you, I wanted you to come up. My, my family's doing this big cookout and Paula Dean's fucking just there and just cooking. <laughs> like, that would be fucking incredible. Just like every single dish that you can imagine is all like prepped and ready. Yeah, a lot of like like an overstock of deviled eggs. I feel like that would definitely be like a Paula Deen move. Oh yeah, but um, but yeah, just eastbound and down, back into that. So how how far are you into the first season right now? So we were scrolling through. Everyone's been through that phase where they can't figure out what to watch, and they're just like going through Hulu and Netflix. And somehow I like scroll past, scrolled past eastbound and down. I was like, okay, I have got to click. I had to click the play button. I just couldn't, I couldn't pass it up. So I started it back and I, I just had forgotten how good it was. And maybe it's because season one is so good. I haven't gotten to season two yet. Um, but just like Kenny powers, the energy he brings. And then the, what really set me over the top is I forgot how funny his little, um, his partner in crime, Stevie is that dude, <laughs> that dude kills me. So that's Stevie. Stevie is like the coolest loser on the planet. 
Yeah. <laughs> the scenes are so stupid and so dumb. And he's such an idiot that like just it cracks me up every time. Like the, the, the way like everything about the way he talks, the way he carries himself. Some some of my favorite scenes about this. Okay, so I so we talked briefly a little bit about it before the show because you were telling me you started watching it. I gotta tell my story about how I uh and I'm 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 definitely incriminating myself on this show right now. Um uh, a few years back when I was in college, literally, uh, literally stole the first season of Eastbound and Down from a Walmart. That's how, that's how important that show was to me. Uh, I had no money and I wasn't going to get money for like two days. Uh, I was with a girl and uh, my roommate that night and we were just trying to figure out what the fuck we were going to do. And I'm like, well, let's watch something. And we were like, well, we don't really have anything good. So we're just fucking walking around Walmart. And I see it. And I'm like, fuck it. Literally walk out of the Walmart. The buzzer goes off. And I'm like, shit, I'm done. I'm going to jail. This is it. So I'm, it's, it's over. This is what I get for being stupid. And the woman's like, you got your cell phone in your pocket? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, that's probably all it is. Have a good night. <laughs> and I was like, success. And we went home and literally binge watched about five episodes before we passed out. Um, and I was just over the moon because I had heard about it. And, and they, uh, the friend of mine that watched it told me it was the, the best show he'd ever seen. So I was hooked instantly. And That's a bit much. Best show ever. Like he said, yeah, he said the character, everything is just hilarious. Like, and he was telling me like, he was like, dude, you're going to die. You're going to, you're going to die laughing. You're going to love the show. And I did. He was right. I literally own every uh, episode, uh, every season on DVD. That's how much I love he's found down. I'm going to allow you to talk <laughs> about the um, Shrek scene. Yeah. A uh, couple of my, couple of my favorites from the first episode uh, was definitely whenever he's sitting down with his brother and he says, uh, three, three, uh, three fine looking boys, the power's way. And they're like, he's like, actually the littlest one's a girl. And they, they have two boys and a girl, it's his uh, brother and his sister-in-law. And she tells him that like the, their daughter's name is Rose named after Kate Winslet from the Titanic. And he starts just laughing with food in his mouth. And he was like, you names your daughter after fucking Titanic. And they're just like, she's so offended. Uh, I think your name's, uh, I think it's, it's uh, Cassie is her name. And he fucking, he just looks at the fucking fat, uh, his fat nephew. And he's like, what's his name? Fucking Shrek. <laughs> and, and literally nobody says shit. And he just goes, nope, guess not. <laughs> he just goes right back to fucking eating. And, uh, and then when the, uh, when, when the, the fat nephew of his is, he gets home and he's sitting on his jet ski on the trailer. He was like, he's like, uh-uh, get them chocolate doo-doo fingers off my motherfucking jet ski right now. Fucking, and, he is, and she comes out there, and she's going the fuck off on Kenny. And he's like, don't look at me with them dead eyes, you church bitch. <laughs> like, bro, I about, like, shit myself laughing from that whole scene. He's like, I'm sorry. He's like, I'm just really frustrated right now, and I don't know how to handle my emotions. So I love y'all very much. I'm going to go ahead and leave now. He's like, where are you going, Kenny? I'm going to Shabooms. And he just fucking goes off and does some rails cocaine with his bartender. Like, the, the way that this show is just all over the place and just the lack of fucks that are given from Danny McBride playing this character, it's, like, over the top. Like, it's, it's literally one of the funniest TV shows ever. Yeah, and I love the um, jet ski scenes. Like every time you see him on the jet ski randomly with like a different person on there with him, like he had the drug dealer with him one time, the bartender. And then he had yeah. the, the, the girlfriend too. And he, he slings her off and makes her swim back after like doing the classic jet ski movie where you splash water on somebody. Yeah. He, it was like the, the prostitute, the prostitute at the bar. Yeah. Like, yeah. It throws yeah. her and slings her around in the water and then makes her swim back to shore. That was a classic scene. And then I told you my favorite one too was the opening like episode one. And he sees April for the first time. And instead of like walking up to introduce, like to say, Hey, or, you know, any kind of casual insert casual line when you haven't seen somebody in a while, he decides to like go put his elbow up against the door 
He <laughs> just starts just, just start saying her name over and over again. April. April. And he kind of like chuckles and looks back a little bit. And that's how like he like, says he's back in town basically, right? So that's how he. Yeah. He's like, I'm just kidding. It's me. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just what you want to say to somebody after you haven't seen him in like 10 years, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then he tells her fucking fiance's he, he's like yeah I'm, I'm a bit of an athlete myself i've been i've been preparing for a for a triathlon he was like I'll, he was like, he's like but i'm sure you know all about that he was like no actually i don't i play real sports not trying to be the best at exercise <laughs> like that's just a hell of a thing to say to somebody like that you don't even know <laughs> just the balls that are on this dude so Literally, there's so much more. Like, I know so many of his quotes. Like, like literally could sit here and just name them off, like, left and right. But it's if you have not – I would hope that everyone that listens to this podcast has at least heard of or seen a couple of episodes of Eastbound and Down. If you haven't, you have got to take the time after you listen to this, whenever you're done doing whatever you got to do today – Go on HBO Go app or go find it on DVD. Don't, I do not recommend that you go steal it from a Walmart like I did when I was in college. But I definitely recommend you pay for it. Um, but you have to go watch it. Um, it. It's an incredible series, and I'm excited for you. And I think that you have just in, like uh, lit a fire under me to go restart it again for probably like the eighth time. Yeah, and another thing is – Another thing I'm happy about starting it is I don't think I ever finished it. So I think I fell apart during season two and just stopped watching it. But I hear season three is good. So I want to. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. You've got, oh my God, you haven't even. Season one's incredible. It's going to be hard to top that to me. It is. But I'm going to tell you what, season two, this is how Eastbound Down goes, but you got to stick to the program. You have to watch all of season two. Season one is amazing. It's the best like elevator pitch of a series you will ever have. Season two, it takes a dip, and it's de- they're definitely trying to play off of the first season, and it, it doesn't really work as planned. But the beauty of it is, is, you have to realize that they do a very good job. HBO did a great job of following uh, the story and sticking to the story. They didn't try to get too outlandish and crazy. Like it literally is like the life of probably somebody trying to get back into baseball. So he goes to Mexico. Season three is where everything picks back up. And I'm not even going to spoil it for you, but season three uh, is, is phenomenal. I'll, I'll say this much. Goes to Myrtle Beach to play in the minor league baseball. Okay. Um, and a lot of wild shit happens. Season four um, is when he takes a break and he tries to start a TV career. So it's, 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 you got to watch it. I'm super excited for you, especially now knowing that you have never finished season two. So you got a long way to go. And I'm, I'm here. I'm here all the way through. I'm actually going to get caught up with where you are. We're going to watch this shit together. Why not start reviewing it? Garage guys, fancy sports, garage talk, reviewing episodes of East Mountain down. Maybe. I'm excited about it. I'm pumped. You've only made me, you made me want to get to season three. I hope I can get through season two. You got dude. I'm telling you best thing you can do is take a day off on a weekend and binge through it. That's the best way to do it. Just binge it. Like maybe watch an episode a night and then just try to binge it through it as fast as you fucking can and get to season yeah. three. Yeah, incredible stuff. Well, I think, I think that's been a, a pretty good garage talk. Uh, anytime we talk about Kenny Powers, I'm, I'm fucking over the moon. But uh, this has been episode 136. We will be back for episode 137. Uh, later in the week, I will be going to the Daytona 500 again, as I had mentioned this weekend. So um, we'll definitely try to get a, a podcast rolling out for you before I take off. And I'm going to be trying to uh, definitely get some uh, some audio and possibly an interview while I'm in Daytona to have for episode 138. So we'll see you on episode 137. Again, you know where to follow us. Hit us up with any questions. Check out the Patreon dot uh, com slash garage guys garage fam vip tier and we love the shit out of you nascar's back go watch you spinning down that's all i got left to say any last words future that's it sports party Pete. uh you niggas gonna end up in a hurry you niggas gonna end up in a dirt dirt for the chances had to make it work Right.
streets for niggas just gon' make it worse. Worse. Oh, oh, oh. How that's the enemy arm. How that's the enemy arm. Take down the enemy's army. Take down the enemy's army. How that's the enemy's arm. How that's the enemy's arm. I wish the enemy harm. Bitch, I'm a star. Four little whippin', I'm whippin' this car. I might just park in the yard. Catch the eyes like and I rip them apart. Fuck it, I got no heart. Turn no emotions, I live in the dark. I don't know why, but that bitch left me scarred. I don't know why you just ain't play your part. Now you focus on wishing me hard. Fuck it, right the bare arms. I keep that stick on me arms. Under the enemy arms. I cannot fold under enemy arms. Under the enemy arms. Under the enemy arms. You niggas gon' end up in a hurt. You niggas gon' end up in a dirt Dirt from the trenches had to make it worse Working these for niggas just gon' make it worse Worse Four. I'm in this bitch with the gang I'm in this bitch with the gang I'm in this bitch with the gang Party, we gon' let it bang Trouble, we gon' let it bang Go in your brain inside Trouble, we gon' let it bang Go in your brain inside Four. I'm in this bitch with the gang. I'm in this bitch with the gang. I'm in this bitch with the gang. Party, we gon' let it bang. Trouble, we gon' let it bang. Go in your brain inside. Trouble, we gon' let it bang. Go in your brain inside. You niggas gon' end up in a hurt. You niggas gon' end up in a dirt. Different trenches had to make it worse. And these four niggas just gon' make it worse. Worse. That's the enemy arms. How that's the enemy arms. Take down the enemy's army. Take down the enemy's army. How that's the enemy's arms. How that's the enemy's arms.